Hello everyone, this is The Playground. My name is Julia Nee, and in today's episode, I want to start off by saying happy Black History Month. For this week, I wanted to highlight the artists, Coda the Friend, that's spelled K-O-T-A, the friend, Bakar, B-A-K-A-R, and then Choker. I will have those in the description, as well as some anti-racism links. And then, I want to be clear, I did not create this link. The credit goes to Sarah Sophie Flicker and Alyssa Klein. Thank you so much for compiling a list of links for the purpose of educational uses. Um... Please check out my Instagram. It is the Playground Radio Show where you can send in song requests, recommendations, advice, questions, topic ideas, really just anything. Feel free to reach out. Um, And I also want to thank everyone who is listening. It's so heartwarming to see all the listeners and people who have followed my Instagram account. It's so great. I really appreciate all the support, and um, getting into the episode now, I wanted to start off by offering my reflection on a comment I made in the episode where I talk about love. Um, I have reflected on what I said. Basically, what I said in the episode was that I feel worried to express and be vulnerable because I don't want to be a burden to that person. And I have come to the conclusion that I don't think, I think I need to work on being less afraid of being my whole self because I think that with the right person, I won't be a burden. And if I am a burden to someone, I just really think that means that we're not supposed to be together. We're not right together. And that's completely okay. Not everyone is meant for you. And I think that if you are yourself, the right people will gravitate towards you. And that's so cool because that means you get to create your own community and tribe and be able to find where you fit in the world. So, the song I chose for this week is because I previously mentioned in my last episode, I thought, I was kind of talking about how I think that there is a simplistic aspect of love that, to me, I am drawn to, and... I chose this song specifically because it it's so blunt in the way that they talk about like romantic feelings and they never really specify like love in the song but I really took to it because it was just so I don't want to say crass but it was definitely pithy on how they took these feelings and the more I thought about the simplicity of love, the more I wanted to explore how love can be difficult and complex. And I thought about how there are so many types of personality tests, 
of attachment style tests, love language tests, to show how unique everyone is and how different everyone is. And it really made me wonder if we're more different than the same or vice versa. And I think ultimately there's a, there's a balance in there. I don't think it's an extreme on one side or the other. And one of my best friends told me once that when you look at humans and their basic needs, there are some simplistic factors to that, but to attain those basic needs is often a more complex chain of events. And this goes back to how I think that the concept itself is simple, but the action to get there is the nuanced complexity of that concept. And I just want to state that I don't find personality tests to be accurate because so many different factors, but I understand why they exist and why they're used. But I think truly, like a final result of a personality test is so dependent on multiple different factors. For example, like how one is feeling in the moment they're taking the test, if they've had a good day that day. And I think because of those factors and those little effects, it doesn't make me feel like I can rely on a final result of a personality test to tell me who I am. My sister, who is getting a master's in psychology, sent me a personality test. And you're supposed to retake it over time to see the progression on your personality. And I think that just goes to show how personality tests are more of a measurement rather than a conclusive statement. And I think that's important to keep in mind because, again, I really do think humans are forever growing and changing, developing, learning. And I don't think there'll ever be an end point where it's like, this is going to be my personality for the rest of my life. I just don't believe in that. And I think it would be really interesting to hear someone else's opinion on if they do think that someone's personality is set in stone. So that being said, this is the song. It's called Sex, Money, Feelings, Die. This is the slowed version by Like Lee. Late night, call you in the late night Trade love for one night Two pills and a red one so go blind now, I don't mind The words that you don't say No love when you hold me No call in the next day It's the one way, no And now the sun is up, I'm coming down Nobody nowhere, I'm nobody nowhere We just blow it up, blow it out Sex, money, feels bad Baby, don't you cry Off when I wake up 
tears under my makeup Your lips will stay shut When I wake up, break up I don't wanna think about Think about you Drink up, drink up I'm so fucked up All I want is you No, I don't wanna think about Think about you Drink up, drink up I'm so fucked up Sex might be a star Baby, don't you cry Sex might be a star Baby, don't you cry pay attention to the lyrics when I listen to it the first time and if anything this is definitely more of a vibey song if you catch the drift um yeah I definitely did not listen to the song for the lyrics but going through the song and reading the lyrics uh actually made me realize there is some there is there is value in looking at the lyrics and the first, I mean, a lot of the lyrics did stand out to me, and I think I resonated with a lot of the lyrics in the song, but I think just to keep this episode more concise, I kind of chose um, lyrics that I could really explore deep into, if that makes sense. Um, so the first line that I really took to was, talk offline, and... This makes me think about how dating apps in my generation, so I'm Gen Z, um, dating apps are just one of the most common way to meet people. And I have to say, I am not a fan of dating apps. I think that what comes with the idea of dating apps is the idea that you, the world is at your fingertips. You have so many options. And based off of my experience, that is just not the case. I think that, yeah, I definitely have access to so many more people than I would have if I had not been on a dating app, but I wouldn't say that the quality of the people I meet are any better or the same as if I were to just meet people in person. And I would even go as far as to say, I feel like the people I meet in person have I'm I just have a better relationship with because we met in person and I think that kind of goes to show with how virtual and online things possibly are just not as impactful as in person I think that 
for me, in my experience, I find that there's almost a lack of connection that comes with dating apps. I was in this communications class and there was this ideology that was the message is the medium. And I think that dating apps have a stereotype of being a way for casual relationships to form. And if that's the case, then if you're meeting people on a medium that is stereotyped to be a casual place, then it can be very difficult to find something with a little bit more substance on said apps. Not to say that it's not impossible to have a fruitful relationship based off of meeting on a dating app, but I definitely think it's less common. And that's just because, maybe I'm just saying this because I am young and my age group is definitely more of like um, in the casual dating realm. But I, even with classes, like I definitely find myself more invested and more interested in the class and the material when the class is in person. Whenever I was online, I just felt so isolated. I felt so apart from the material and the class and my peers and the professor. And I think part of it has to do with that, there's a screen. And I think the screen is almost like a filter in which that you're not really getting the full essence whether it be the essence of a person or the essence of the material on in a virtual class. And I think sometimes screens can be used as masks. And I think that especially on dating apps, there is a mask in which your whole profile is curated to be a certain way. So you're not really exactly swiping on a real person in the sense that you're swiping on a very curated version of that person and what's really cool about people is that they're not perfect and there are quote-unquote like real things to them that doesn't fit into that curated image they've made for themselves I've always found it interesting how people set up their dating profiles. I think you could tell a lot about them just by how they want to present themselves. And this is so funny to me because this really goes back to one of my previous episodes of just presenting yourself and how you have control of how you present yourself but as far as how people perceive you you have no control over that so might as well just be yourself and then see what is attracted to you what comes your way the next line the words that you don't say makes me think about how a lot of the times things are just left unsaid and stuck in your head and this kind of goes around to the fear of expressing yourself, exposing yourself. Maybe the fear of how you really feel. Maybe you don't even accept that part of yourself. And I think that I talk a lot about communication and being genuine and authentic. And sometimes I forget I miss a step of 
feelings don't exactly go straight to communication and verbalizing it. I think that sometimes you feel a feeling and you don't even know what it is. You don't even know how to communicate that. And so there's a process of sitting with that feeling and trying to understand it and what it means. And then it can come into the world of communication. And communication is also a nuanced concept in the sense that there are so many different types of communication. In fact, there is a whole test, I I think it's called the love language test, where it's just how people communicate their love differently, how people show up to love differently. And what's really cool is that even though you may love someone a specific way, that doesn't mean you receive it the same way. So I highly recommend looking at the different types of love languages and even taking the test. And again, I know that taking the test doesn't mean it's the final result, that it doesn't, you know, mean that this is your love language, you have to stick by it. I just think it's interesting to learn about this side of yourself because, for example, um, there are... I think there are five love languages. Let me look it up right now. Okay, so there are five love languages, and they are words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. So for example, someone could receive, someone feels most love from quality time, but they like to express their love with words of affirmation. And I think that, like, I always think it's so much fun to take these tests with friends because you just learn so much about that person. And it's also interesting to know because then you could be more thoughtful about how you want to show up for that person. And I think that um, learning this about yourself can also make you more aware of maybe why you're feeling a certain way. For example, maybe if you're feeling a little bit neglected and you realize that, oh, I perceive love as uh, quality time, but I'm only getting words of affirmation. And then you could make that connection and then communicate it, which will definitely clear the air of your feelings and the reality of what you're experiencing. Okay, so this is the line. This is the line of the song. Sex, money, feelings die. I think this is so funny in in the sense that it's four words that just kind of tie up life in general. And I... This made me think about, like, the four noble truths of Buddhism, but, like, in a very 21st century take... Um, sex is a part of life. I don't want to, um, discriminate against the ace community, but, um, money is also part of life. Capitalism, hopefully there'll be progressions in society where we're out of this phase. Feelings are also a thing and death is also a part of life. And I just found this line to be so 
concise but also really matched the vibe of the song which is almost pessimistic of what love is and I think that's how these four words really fit into the song so well and the line afraid of the sunlight reminds me of a Mac Miller line where it's don't you know that sunshine don't feel right when you're inside all day and this made me think about how sometimes what's good for you and what's healthy may not feel normal may not feel familiar because you're because you've normalized unhealthy habits and I think that coming to recognize what isn't healthy in your life and coming to terms with you've normalized it is a huge step in making progress to getting to a healthy point where you familiarize yourself with healthy things. The line, tears under my makeup. Oh my goodness. I... When I read this line, I didn't realize how much I would have to unpack with these four words. I started off my analysis with thinking about how this reminds me of like hiding and concealment and how that ties into like the hiding and concealment of feelings and how that is just repressive and how one needs to really feel their emotions to understand and deal with them. But then I also thought about makeup and my relationship with makeup. And I, my relationship with makeup has changed over time. I want to start off my journey with makeup first off by saying that I have been very self-conscious of my appearance because I grew up in a predominantly white community. I went to a private school and while there were people of color there, I did I I knew I was different and it was very obvious to me just by the way my eyes looked, by the way my nose was shaped, by the color of my skin. And when I got to the age to wear makeup, I tried to use it as a way to transform myself into people who I perceived to be the, like, to be beautiful. And I used makeup as a way to change myself. And I remember in high school, I would wake up so early just to wear makeup because I was so uncomfortable with how I looked and I one of my best friends took decided to take a whole year of not wearing makeup and that was so inspiring to me and I decided to do the same thing and I stopped wearing makeup and I really wanted to get to a place where I felt comfortable with my features and after not wearing makeup for 
I don't know. I don't know how long I haven't worn makeup. I mean, I go through phases. So, I mean, I think I would definitely say I definitely took like a whole school year of not wearing makeup. And uh, after that time, I did get to a place where I was com- more comfortable with my features than I've ever had been. And I'm at a place now where when I do wear makeup, it's more of a self-expression rather than a transformative tactic to hide something that I'm insecure about. And I want to make it clear that like just because I'm more comfortable with my features, it doesn't mean I don't have insecurities. And I think that when I think about self-love and how self-love is a journey, I think coming to be comfortable with yourself and your features and your physicality is also a journey. And that goes with how your body, like not only mentally and cognitively, but physically your body is always changing. Like your body doesn't look the same even like from an hour to hour basis. Like when you eat food, your body's gonna change. And even as the years go by, your body's changing. And I think that's really cool. (laughs) because it just goes back to how like nothing is going to be a one and done thing life is always moving and that makes it entirely exciting and I am very proud of myself that I don't use makeup as a crutch for me anymore because I remember when I did use it as a crutch and It took not only literal hours out of my life, but also it took so much mental work. Oh, hold on. (laughs) Sorry about that. But it took like mental work to get over not using makeup and feeling comfortable with myself. And now I'm at a point where I try to be my most genuine self, both personality-wise and physical, in a physical sense. The line, when we wake up, we break up. This makes me think of facing reality. And it can be really hard to face the facts when you don't want to accept them for what they are. I feel like I've definitely experienced not wanting to face the facts and I've just kind of built up narratives in my head of you know what I hoped would be reality but it just wasn't and I was just doing mind gymnastics and it was completely and emotionally exhausting and once I faced reality it was hard it really was it made me sad and um But the only way to live life is to live in reality and get through what's real. And I think that if you are working overtime, if you're working so hard to try and make reality what you see in your mind, you're really just forcing something that's not meant to be. And I feel like I live by something's just not right it's not worth your time and energy to force it because you could be spending that energy on something that is right and have a more fruitful and beneficial 
outcome than trying to force something that isn't right. And I think that I have so many stories <laughs> where I've definitely tried to force something and it did not end well. And I think the last line, let's see. Okay, second to last line that stood out to me was, I don't want to think about you. Oh, sorry. It's, I don't want to think about, think about you. And this makes me go back to the idea of repression. And I think that when you repress and avoid emotions, you're never going to deal, you're never going to deal with it. You're never going to confront it. And in order to go through something, you really need to go through it. And there's the song, it's like, you can't go under it, you can't go over it, you have to go through it. And that's exactly what one must do to overcome what they are facing. And I think that this also reminds me of attachment styles. There are, there's this little chart that shows different attachment styles and if you're not familiar with the term attachment style essentially it's just the way you learned how to attach to a different human being in the sense that if you were raised a specific way you're going to be in a different attachment style than someone else who was raised another way that was a very terrible <laughs> explanation of what this is, but I highly recommend you take the attachment style test because it gives so much information and insight as to who you are and who you are in a relationship. And I've noticed that my attachment styles vary from person to person, but the healthy attachment style is called secure and that's always what we're I'm like striving to achieve. And I think it's important to know this about yourself because it brings a level of self-awareness to how you move throughout life, which is always a great thing. And this is the last line is drink up, drink up. I'm so fucked up. All I want is you. And to me, this connotes the idea of bad coping mechanisms. And I want to express that I have definitely have had bad coping mechanisms and you know it's interesting because there were some bad coping mechanisms that I would do that I didn't even know were considered bad and now that I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm able to look back and recognize that those weren't healthy I'm now able to be conscientious and change that and work on my bad coping mechanisms. And I think that bad coping mechanisms, like not only does it have to do with like substance abuse, but it could also just be like, like trauma dumping on a friend. And that can seriously strain friendships. And one of my best friends, one time she told me, she like, Julia like I love you so much but the, I, I can't help you anymore and that was just like a wake-up call to me of like you know what let's get some let's get some help let's get some little therapy up in here and I think I'm so grateful for my friend for always being there and supporting me but also just being real with me 
um, that is a quality of our friendship that I will never be ungrateful for. And that is the end of the song. I feel like I'm kind of ending this episode on like a sad, melancholy note. But if I had to add anything to the end of this episode to kind of lighten it up a little bit, I would say that whatever you're going through, you're not alone. And that's actually one of the reasons why I started this podcast was to share stories and personal narratives that might resonate with someone. And if you ever wanted to reach out on my Instagram account, I would be so happy to start a dialogue and just listen to you if that's what you need and help you in any way I can. If you ever need to talk to someone or to get support, I there are so many great resources to support and help you and I will link those down in the description below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I did not think it was going to end with this sort of tone at the end, but Maybe it's just the weather in New York that's making me a little bit melancholy. It's raining right now and it's kind of gloomy, but I hope you have a wonderful day and tune in for the next episode. Bye.